Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. If the NFL draft were today, the Jets, Giants, and Eagles would all go back-to-back with double selections from picks 4-9. to nine. Is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the man who is once again begging teams with wretched offensive lines not to draft running backs in the first round? And with me, as always, is AJ, Pete Carroll to Oklahoma, Marchese. Uh, yeah, I'm hearing, I'm hearing it's a done deal, Rob. And he's bringing Barry Switzer as his OC. Yeah, and Adrian Peterson as a quality control coach, I heard. Today, we're breaking down the best and worst rookies from Week 12 in the NFL. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's going to bat it on draft day? Who's going to wage your future picks away? Who's going to reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. It's not every day you can double your money, but with my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim AFC, the AFC's title. Buffaloes look like a legit Super Bowl contender, however, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBucky. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBucky. Okay, just just before we, we began recording, Marcus Freeman was announced as the Notre Dame head coach. I think this is better for uh, Notre Dame in the long run than having Brian Kelly. Um, yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think uh, everyone knows that it's Marcus Freeman that put together those um, top, I think top five recruiting classes coming up in 23 and 24. Clearly it's Marcus Freeman. Um, I think I said it to you before the show yesterday that I think the smart move for Notre Dame would be to announce Marcus Freeman as soon as possible as the next head coach. Uh, I'm surprised they actually did it because they usually don't make smart decisions. Sorry, Notre Dame. Um, 
Because I think for both um, keeping recruits, first and foremost, and secondly, I think in the case of the college football playoff committee, this will look the best for their potential uh, bid for the playoffs, I think. You know what I mean? And like, say, it's, hey, it's still Marcus Freeman. Brian Kelly really doesn't do that much around here. Um, we didn't lose our OC either. So on the field, our product's going to be the same uh, going into any potential playoff game if, if, if things become a miss, right? So uh, I think smart move for the immediate future and for the long-term future. I'm really, really happy to see Marcus Freeman get the gig. And I'm extra happy Tommy Reese is staying in South Bend. <laughs> that's the right big news. Where he belongs. That's the, yeah. That's the, that's the yeah. Apparently the bigger news for some reason. Um, but that that does make me really interested to see who's Brian Kelly going to hire because he, he apparently was trying to lure Freeman to be his DC at LSU. Uh, I was going to make him the highest OC paid at LSU. I was going to make him the highest paid uh, DC in the country. I'm pretty sure too. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because Freeman chose Notre Dame over LSU last year. Right, right, he did. That's true. So, uh, off to a great start in Baton Rouge uh, for Brian Kelly. Um, (laughs) South Bend fell ass backwards into a better situation, my take. Uh, Don't disagree. I mean, of course, Kelly's, I'm assuming, going to have a large pool to draw from for assistant money. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who he turns. He's probably going to go the old, like, ex-head coach route, too. Like, just grab, grab a, like Mike Bobo's out there. I told you that yesterday, Rob. He's, he'll, be, he'll be in Baton Rouge. Yeah, hire Will Muschamp as his Yeah, DC. that's that, that's exactly going to be the coaching staff. Um, okay. Before we get into the senior bowl acceptances, which is very small today. We, we do have our first two official NFL draft declarations, which it's going to be super annoying this year. Um, yeah. When you factor in the COVID eligibility year, making it confusing who is and isn't having to declare. So despite going to and already accepting his senior bowl invite, South Alabama receiver Jalen Tolbert, who I, I think's like a, he's a fourth year junior, technically maybe fifth year junior. Uh, he declared, so one of the best um, G5 receivers in the country, one of the biggest play threats in the country, guy we already knew was going to be in the draft because he accepted his senior bowl invite, and he's a Mobile native. Um, but, so, that's our, our first offensive player to declare, and our first defensive player to declare as well, DeMarvin Leal, which I think is the more interesting conversation because we didn't know, we assumed he was going to declare, we didn't know for sure. Um, quietly had a great year in College Station for A&M. Uh, three-year starter, former huge recruit, kind of the guy who we always pick our who outplayed the box score of the week. Mm-hmm. He's probably played outplayed the box score for the last three years. Um, the numbers were huge this year for an interior guy, but a guy who can move all up and down your D-line, who plays with so much energy, so much power behind his hands. Uh, I, I really do believe he's a John Allen type and a top-ten pick. I know he didn't necessarily have the statistical output a lot of people were expecting from him entering the year, but it's a weak interior defensive line class, and even though he's a l- like kind of a tweener in the fact that they move him from three tech to four eye to five tech to edge, like he is to me the best interior defensive lineman in this class. Like, is he is he the only interior defensive lineman in this class who could go top ten? And that's not a slate at I know Trevon Walker's got a lot of mm-hmm. hype in the draft community right now. I, I I don't believe it's kind of been matched up by the mainstream media quite yet because Jordan Davis gets all that 
yeah. hype. Um, and, and this isn't a slight to Jordan Davis, but he is more of a true nose tackle, so it's hard to kind of see a team justifying taking him top 10. Um, but I think at this point, DeMarvin Leal is the only clear top 10, top 12 interior defensive lineman in the class. I can see in a in a strange you know class like this, uh, Jordan Davis being quote unquote overdrafted too. Though I'll throw that out there. Um, no, I think I think Leal's like kind of like right now for the average draft fan or for the average NFL fan, they maybe see his name in in, in his mocks and or in mocks and to your team, and you'll be like, okay, whatever. But I think come come you know April, like you just said, I think he's a top ten dude. And I think he's going to be a guy that a lot of teams are going to, or a lot of fans are going to want on their team. You know, like you said, just plays up and down the line. And I think the John Allen comp in that regard is very, uh, very sound, Rob. Thank you. Yeah, he he's he's a guy who's going to instantly make any front seven better just with his versatility. Um, okay, we had two Senior Bowl acceptances since yesterday. The first, near and dear to Jim Nagy's heart, is Portugal the man. <laughs> This is uh, the amount of ha- having the Senior Bowl tweet notifications on today was uh, was absurd because of the amount of Portugal the man tweets I was getting. The um, I don't know below average indie, the below average indie rock band that will be playing constantly in Mobile during Senior Bowl week. Yeah, for some the, reason. why why is like a multiple concert thing? Um, that's a big get for 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 the senior bowl. Come on, Rob, give him some credit here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I saw it was hilarious because like, I don't I, like just the idea of Jim Nagy like hanging out listening to Portugal the Man, or was Jim Nagy cycling through different indie rock bands they could acquire for Mobile <laughs> and making a making the decision who to invite? Oh my god! Hey, I'm sure the people at Mobile love Portugal the Man, and they just they just wanted them bad. I, I think they've been, you know, petitioning like, "Hey, get Portugal the Man to the Senior Bowl," and they did it. I, I will say, I do know for a fact Nick Starkle's a fan of Portugal the Man. Could this uh, be foreshadowing for his invite? <laughs> um, I think whether he's invited or not, uh, Nick Starkle will be there to witness Portugal the Man. Just be seeing them in show. Uh, but our only real acceptance. Um, a guy you, I think, did you mention him on the show? Maybe I mentioned him on the show. I think we mentioned him once. Uh, Vialis Jones Jr., the Tennessee receiver, the USC transfer, had been kind of like the third res- or, or uh, the third or four- fourth receiver, I guess, at USC the, like two, three years ago. Uh, ended up at Tennessee... And this year was just a big, the big consistent threat. He's he plays bigger than he is. Um, I thought that was a fun one to to see them add. It's kind of more of like coming from a big school, but more of a low key big school mm-hmm. wide receiver name and a, a really talented kick returner as well. Um, once Hendon Hooker took over, like him and Cedric Tillman really kind of started to put it together with that uh, Josh Hupel passing attack. Um, and he, he, he was actually, it's funny. He was teammates with JT Daniels in high school, I believe, or no, I, I, sorry, at USC. And then when I was watching the Georgia Tennessee game, they just kept showing JT Daniels throwing touchdowns to him. And that's my main memory of him. It's a great, great memory, Rob. Uh, yeah, like 700 yards and six touchdowns or something like that in the SEC. 
It's gonna get you to mobile. That's it. Period. You do it, you're mobile. Well, it's a, it's a it's a weird because we we've already mentioned it's a lot of small school receivers, and that's not to say they're not talented because I think it's the very talented group. But it, it's been a lot of the smaller school guys yeah. thus far, and I mean that's normal in terms of the early acceptances. But outside of Jahan Dotson. There hasn't been, like, a big, big name. And I think this is... Jones is only the third Power 5 receiver uh, to accept an invite, along with Dotson and Bo Melton, who's more of a, a sleeper-type uh, receiver at Rutgers. So it, it's a it's a really interesting group, I think, that they're building in Mobile. Isn't Trey Turner there? Am I, am I... Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Trey Turner, too. We didn't really talk about Trey Turner, but I'm actually pretty excited to see him there too. But yeah, not a lot of uh, Power Five guys, like you just said, and uh, of course Vatek powerhouse, but t- Tennessee, yeah. No, I mean again, 700 yards, six touchdowns in the SEC, had a good year, like you said, big recruit coming from USC. It's, it's uh, you're kind of right. It's a nice low key fun get, I guess. Um, you know what's not low key? The amount the Jaguars suck and have ruined Trevor Lawrence. Was it another week? I don't, I feel like I didn't even get eyes on this game at all. Was it just another oh, God. stinky okay. week? So well, AJ, let me tell you for our, our NFL Week Twelve rookie QB rundown. I had Trevor Lawrence. You look at the numbers. You're I don't know. They're better than they've been. Two twenty eight passing. It's touchdown a pick. Fifty four point seven completion. Five a yucky five point four uh, per attempt. Mm. Five carries, thirty nine yards. Four of those carries were on zone reads. I will say that. I'm glad they're and, letting and run I think the ball all, more. Three of those four went went for first downs because they they you know what they're doing they're they're mixing in the zone read in like third and short opportunities with the defense keyed in on James Robinson. Just saying, I thought that was the smart play one, calling. All, all it, it was the one thing they did that had been different than weeks past. That I was like, hey, that was smart. Um, but overall, they're still they're like ridiculously committed to running the ball a lot, and it's like. James Robinson doesn't really get a break. Like, it, it, it wasn't much Carlos Hyde. It was a lot of James Robinson. It was a lot of um, off tackle, a lot of halfback dive, a lot of inside zone out of shotgun. And there was still a lot of dumb penalties from the offensive line and the receivers. There was a ridiculous amount of screens still. Um, all right. So, for, for the first drive, the first drive, they went uh, a play-action screen for no gain. And they had a nice little throw to Cheneau, um And a quick throw to Marvin Jones for a first down. Like, there was a couple okay throw plays, I guess, at the beginning of the drive. But then they, they go play-action. A lot of the play-action, this is what bothers me. It's not that they don't run play-action. It's that they don't run productive play-action to what Trevor Lawrence does well. Mm. They run a fuck ton of out-of-gun. Just uh, like a, a dinky little play action at a gun. I feel like those barely count as play action. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's it's not a lot of Lawrence under center play action straight drop and let him attack the seam or attack downfield mm-hmm. or play action rollout and get him moving. Like they had a little bit of that in this game, but a lot of the time when Trevor Lawrence is moving as a passer, it's be, it, it's not a play action. It's a lot of. He's under pressure and he's maneuvering the yeah. pocket and trying to extend the play. And a lot of the time it doesn't go that well because there just seems to be an overall lack of chemistry with the receivers. Um, but so, yeah, the first drive, like he, he ripped a deep ball out of bounds. And then on a third and 10, he, he threw a ball into heavy coverage that was incomplete. 
The second drive, they, uh, like, quick throw to Dan Arnold, whatever, under center play action, uh, like, uh, on his next pass attempt. They go under center, play action, deep ball, and he throws it directly to the safety for an interception. Like, the, the corner was on him, and the safety was, like, clearly over top of him, and he overthrew the receiver that it was, like, a breadbasket catch for the safety, Deron Harmon. Wow, they're, they're simultaneously being called for an illegal formation. And now part of me thinks, because Dante Fowler did jump, part of me thinks Trevor Lawrence thought he had a free play. Okay. Because it was such an absurd force of a ball to a heavily covered guy who went deep. And there was a little bit of movement. But like Fowler got, like it was a good no call for a neutral zone infraction. And at the end of the day, Marvin Jones was still covering O'Shaughnessy, so it was still going to be an illegal formation. But but Lawrence but so like, saw the flag though and thought it was offside. The part of me thinks that like it, the flag did come late. Like it it came late to the point I didn't think okay. it was going to be. But I could see why he saw Dante Fowler jump. Uh, then takes the snap, sees a flag, thinks it's a free play. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I that was kind of my justification to why that interception happened. Because it was so egregious. And it's not something... It is up and down as the... Or just down the Jaguars' offense has been. Up and down Lawrence has been. That hasn't been something we've t- seen much. No. Of him just senseless interceptions. Um, Okay. So, first drive was nothing. Second drive, interception. Third drive, he hits one pass attempt before James Robinson fumbles. And the Falcons recover in the Jags' red zone. Fourth drive... They get the zone read, good run. Uh, then he hits Manhurts on, on a nice uh, play action roll to the right, where he, again he looks really good on these play action rollouts. And Manhurts coming across the field, first down. Uh, then a couple bad plays, uh, play action rolls left, and he just throws it in the dirt, uh, sacked and fumbles, and he just didn't feel the rush. But they recovered. It's third and twenty-two. Hits Lavisca Chanel on a drag. Uh, like which three yards pass on line scrimmage, mm-hmm. but Chanel ends up picking up the first down. It was one of the best plays Chanel's made for him this year. And then he goes zone read again, third and one, first down. Then play action dumps to Chanel. It's behind the line of scrimmage, tackled for loss. And then out of the gun, it hits Marvin Jones coming across the field. This was his best throw of the game. Marvin Jones, the the DB was underneath and like looked like he was going to cut the right off, but um, Lawrence put it where only Marvin Jones could get it. It was a wonderful throw. Uh, and then they go empty gun, quick screen, no gain. Empty gun, uh, ball out on time, the running back drops it. Uh, it would have been a touchdown had he caught it because he just had that much space around him. And then the next play, uh, he's under pressure and he dumps it off. They end up kicking a field goal. So it's like a drive like that that has some promise in terms of he's doing the things we know he can do well with the play-action rollouts, um, finding guys on the move, using his legs on, on the zone read to pick up first downs, um, layering balls wonderfully uh, on crossing routes, but there's also like the play calling with the overuse of screens, um, or just guys dropping passes they should catch. Next drive, so that that was bef- just before the half. Falcons come out. Tyson Campbell makes an unbelievable interception, so they get like a essentially a free drive. And they're around the 50-yard line. And it's just, there was a quick throw to Marvin Jones. And that throw, I think there was like 15 seconds left. And they still had a timeout. 
and it looked like they were going to be able to get themselves in the field goal range, but then um, it was just multiple plays in a row where Trevor Lawrence is under pressure immediately, has to extend the play, and no one gets open, has to throw it in the dirt. Clock runs out eventually. Um, so they start the half down 14-3. There's a quick throw to Tavon Austin who runs for first. Um, but then... It, it, the, there's a third and three where he hits Marvin Jones on a slant. That would be a first down. Marvin Jones drops it. Now they're down 21-3. The next drive, they just go three and out. Um, uh, their, 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 their next drive was the best drive as a whole of the game. They, they had a play-action gun throw. Nice sideline throw to Treadwell. <clears throat> Treadwell's the best receiver, I think. <laughs> But then they run a stupid fucking run, play action running back screen where the running back just loses five yards. And he hits a very covered, uh, or he throws to a very covered Treadwell deep. And AJ Terrell breaks it up. Could have been picked. Then they go zone read, runs for first down. Then he hits O'Shaughnessy over the seam for 15 yards. Then he hits Tavon Austin in the back of the end zone with who makes a great adjustment. They go for two, speed out to O'Shaughnessy, get it. Um, so there's a couple things there that was like nicer. Uh, then the next drive ends in a field goal. So they're they were down at this point. They're down twenty one eleven, and they there there was like um, a bit a big check down or a check down to James Robinson who picked up a ton of yards. Then he scrambles for a first down under pressure. Uh, rolls right, hits Treadwell on a stop right on the sideline. Another zone read. Uh, just a couple of solid throws. But then they get a first in goal, and they get backed up by a penalty. And then these are the next three plays. Gun scrambles, throws out of the end zone. Uh, Gun scrambles, throws out of the end zone. Like two t- times in a row, so like back-to-back, same thing. <laughs> then third and goal, they go empty. He avoids the rush, scrambles, throws out of the end zone, kick a field goal. Their, their, their final drive... Um, they pick up a uh, uh, first down on third and seven to Marvin Jones. But then the next play, he hits O'Shaughnessy. It's a tough catch, but O'Shaughnessy drops a seam ball. So it's second and ten. Carlos Hyde drops a check down. So it's third and ten. Throws Hyde to Treadwell. Fourth and ten. Throws it behind a, but between two receivers to nobody. So it's like there's like maybe five throws where you're like, oh, there's Trevor Lawrence. The play calling was still really bland outside of mixing in the zone reads. Um, there's just too many drops, too many stupid penalties. Like it's execution, it's discipline, it's play calling, it's absolutely nothing here. Like it's not fun. It, I hate watching Trevor Lawrence. I've, was that me two weeks in a row with that I've done him now? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and both times, like it's just I don't enjoy it. They don't have anyone who's really making plays. Like I even tried to argue a little bit last week, Marvin Jones. But and you were like, uh, it's the drops. And, yeah, that showed up in this game. Like, if they had a talent, like, Dan, Dan Arnold's their best tight end, I guess. But, like, Dan Arnold, O'Shaughnessy, Manhurts, and Laquan Treble are, like, the go-to <laughs> targets. Uh, I don't I don't know what the fuck this team is. The offense has zero identity. If Urban Meyer's not fired, he's probably going to hire Dan uh, Dan Mullen to be his OC anyway. It's it's such a waste in Jacksonville. The quicker they fire Urban Meyer, and we say this every week, the quicker they fire Urban Meyer, the better for Trevor Lawrence. So here's to hoping. I don't really have anything else to say. It just sucked. <laughs> um, You know what really sucks is that we had this awesome quarterback class, and 
none of these guys are any fucking fun. Mac Jones is Mac Jones is good, but he's not fun. That's true. But he's so the other guys are so bad that Mac Jones is fun. Fair enough. Anyway, speaking of nah, I'm kidding. Guess who's back, Rob? Guess who's back, Rob? Zach fucking Who? Wilson. <laughs> is he back? I saw that interception. <laughs> he's back and he's uh he's still bad. He's still really bad. Um let's get out of the way. I'll tell you his stats. You're gonna get blown away. Uh fourteen of twenty four, baby. Buck forty five. <laughs> Zero touchdowns, a pick. He did have a rushing touchdown. Amazing. Uh, I'm not going to go this Trevor Lawrence in death because this was even less impressive than the Trevor Lawrence game. First drive, uh, Coleman had a big run. Good work. Uh, threw, threw the ball away in the red zone. Third and goal. Just stared down one wide receiver. I don't know who it was. Just looked his way the whole time. Didn't feel the pressure. Got sacked, baby. Sick. Um, <laughs> right away, it's like, okay, Trevor Lawrence is not back. Uh, he felt pretty... He was feeling it, man. I don't know. I think he's cooked. Anyways, we'll get there later. Um, second drive. Um, play action right away. Turns around. Blitzing linebacker in his face. Sacked. Uh, very next play. He leaves the pocket fast. Uh, we saw the interception. Runs up. Uh, flips the ball to Ty Johnson, who is not paying any attention to him. Hit him score in the back, and then the Texan intercepted it. Um, although I will defend him. I swear he was pa- – well, it's not really defense, but I swear he was past line of scrimmage. I didn't get a good replay look, but – Alas, it sucks to suck. Trevor Lawrence, fucking uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, shitty start. Um, didn't get much better. Didn't get much worse, but didn't get better. Um, <laughs> third drive. Uh, overthrew Tevin Coleman in the flashes. Way over his head. Uh, next play. Threw the ball into the ground on uh, to, to Elijah Moore on a scramble. On third down, like just right into the ground. Three and out. Sick. Fourth drive. Uh, third and three is only pass. Too hot to Elijah Moore. Just rush the throw. Three and out. <laughs> fifth drive uh hit crowder on and out for for a five-yard gain then got a rough and call the next play uh this was their best drive a pop pass to elijah moore picked up 10 yards a screen to tevin coleman picked up six pop pass to barrios only got a yard um and then uh too hot again like he's he just has no feel for the game right now uh, i was high i was off his receiver's hands the defender dropped the interception he had a couple interceptions dropped in this game i'll get there later uh, and then 39, throws it short of the sticks. Then uh, old Ryan Griffin does all the dirty work, picks it up, barely. And then uh, new stud, Austin Walter, does the rest out of fucking nowhere. Had a nice big run, and then they just fed it to him, and he got it in the end zone. And then on two, they went for two. Wasn't Zach Wilson. They put Josh Johnson in the game, and he keeps it on, on a little zone read, and he got the two-point conversion. So sick. Next drive, he took a knee to go to halftime. That was halftime. It was 14-11 Houston. He was 6-12 for 44 yards and a pick. Sick. <laughs> Coming out of half, first first possession. Uh, I think this was the best throw of the game. It wasn't that impressive. Play action. He found Elijah Morley deep, I don't know, 15, 20 yards over the middle. He was wide open, but, you know, just good rhythm. Hit his back foot, stepped up, delivered. Uh, good throw. Um, then again, uh, another good throw to Elijah Moore on, like, a similar route, but not off play action. Just on and in uh, for like another 16. That was like a first and 20, though. <laughs> then third and eight, uh, they got to the 17. They had a good good little drive here. I guess this this was Wilson's best drive of the game. Uh, Wilson rolls left. He waits, kind of buys some time, finds a receiver in the back of the end zone. Uh, tough, tough catch. They dropped it. 
The throw looked pretty good, so maybe it really would have been the highlight play, but it, alas, it did not work. So they go to kick the penalty, uh, to kick the field goal, and they get a penalty. Drive continues and ends up, he, he does another zone re-keeper. Um, like a nice cut-up field, avoid a tackle, drove it to the end zone. Touchdown, Zach Wilson, amazing. So that's probably their, his best little. They won this game, by the way, but he didn't look good. Eighth drive, dump off to Barrios on a hitch. He runs right through the whole Texans for 46 yards. Um, and then, like, two plays later, Wilson loses, like, 21 yards on a strip sack fumble. Like, a lot of it was the ball rolling, but he got sacked pretty deep, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, great. Like, right after that, Barrios, great play where he put the fucking Jets on his back. Um, ninth drive, they went RPO. Was, like, he dropped his shoulder. He, he felt he felt it rub on a little slant uh, right through, um, like, right, right, just too hot and was nearly intercepted again. Uh, next throw, another one of those just overthrow, like right over the outlet's head behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and then third down, he escaped the pocket, ended up like just running out of bounds himself. Came up with like a bit limpy too. Three and out. <laughs> Tenth drive, third down, throws you short of the sticks. There's a lot of that. They just throw short of the sticks on third down. It's sick. Uh, but that time they, they went for it on fourth, fourth and six. Um, he found Keelan Cole over the middle, like pretty, pretty decent job. Like nothing special. The ball was a little wobbly, but... You know, the stuff you got to see out of an NFL quarterback. And next set of downs, third down, uh, finds his man short of the sticks again. But this one was like, he did a pretty good job. He got pressured right away um, and just kind of found his guy. It was a, it was a nice little play. Um, nothing special. Um, and then fourth and short, they gave it to Elijah Moore on the reverse, and he got the first down. They kicked the field goal, and that was his last. That was pretty much the end. He, the rest of it, they were just running the football and killing the clock. And uh, very... Unimpressive, very unimpressive. It was literally that just that one throw. Did to, did did uh, Elijah Moore have much of an impact with the new QB? Uh, so I think they are definitely not on the same page. Uh, Moore Which, is a good football player. You saw him making plays, uh, but statistically, didn't have a big game or anything. And I think it is Zach Wilson. Yeah. I think Zach Wilson is Eli- bonk, Rob. I think he's bonk. Elijah Elijah Moore's coming off like the best game a Jets receiver had had this year against Miami. I, again, they beat the Texans, but it's the Texans. And then he has almost 100 less yards with Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick in there. I think he's bonk. Um, I don't know. Like The whole offense looks worse with him in there. The play calling seems more stagnant, but like... It's multiple quarterbacks, so it can't be the play calling. It, it's him. It's him. And, I don't know, he's just not feeling the game well. He, he, so many times he was just making throws that, you know, he was gunning it when he didn't have to or, like, I don't know. I don't think he attempted to pass over, over 15, 20 yards in the game. Um, it was extremely lackluster, extremely unexciting. Um I don't have a lot of hope for Zach Wilson as an NFL quarterback at this point. Again, he's a rookie. You can't write him off immediately, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have faith in it right now. Um, okay. Well, the first overall pick, it seems has nothing around him. The second overall pick seems to be worse than an undrafted or Well, I guess no, no one's undrafted. Just three quarterbacks who no one else wants on their roster all seem to be better than Zach Wilson yeah. when starting for the Jets. Yeah. Uh, the third the third QB drafted, Trey Lance, just didn't play uh, against the Vikings. Justin Fields was out, um, and the Bears won, so who knows what Nagy's going to do now. 
Uh, and that brings us to Mac Jones, the the fifth first round rookie quarterback and the best quarterback rookie quarterback obviously thus far. Um, so I'll, here I'll give you the stats: twenty three or thirty two, three hundred ten yards, two touchdowns. That looks like a really good game, right? I mean, it, I'm not knocking the game. They beat the Titans. This Patriots team is good. Uh, individually, though, it wasn't an impressive game. It was a 300-yard game. Didn't turn the ball over, but, like, it wasn't. Again, and this one might have been even less so, like, because, like, the stats looked like like his best game of the year. Um, but it really wasn't impressive. I'll dive right into this. Let's get off to the start. First drive. Um, right away, Mac, Mac High on a crossing route. They love the crossing routes to Hunter Handy. They, they do it all the time, and it usually works pretty well. Um, high, but this one kind of popped up a bit. It was lucky it wasn't intercepted. Uh, next play. You're going to hear this a lot. Screen to Bolden. He picked up the first. It was a lot of that again. Um, then he he finished it off that drive. Uh, this was, again, he only threw three three passes on the first drive. They scored. Uh, did have the touchdown, though. Empty set. Kendrick Bourne stud in this game. Lined up in the slot. Uh, ran a corner route. Mac put it up. Like, it was a well-timed. Like, he kind of just sailed it, and it was it was well done. Honestly, underthrew it, though. Should have been closer to the pylon, uh, pylon regardless. Uh, Kendrick Bourne made an awesome catch, like around the DB touchdown. Second drive, um, fake reverse play action. Jacoby Myers just sitting there wide open in the middle. Good throw. Um, next play, Myers wide open on a drag. Hits him short. He gets a big gain. Um, then Jonu Smith on a crosser for another 10. Like, it's funny because like, these throws aren't that impressive. But, like, if Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence were doing this stuff, like, it'd be... It'd be something to talk about. For Mac Jones, he just keeps doing it because yeah. the Patriots are so fucking good. Uh, then, again, Jonu on, on a flat uh, at the line of scrimmage. He picks up 10 yards of yak. Like, they're doing so much around him. Uh, third, and, third and goal, though, he tried to hit Hunter Henry. It was a bad throw, but he also didn't really have him. So then, yeah, kind of kind of stalled there, and they kicked the field goal. Um, third drive, uh, screen, Damian Harris, 12 yards. Um, play action, throwing deep on a first and 20. This was the the highlight, I guess. Um wasn't a great throw at all, though, but it got to Jacoby. Like, the DB kind of tried to undercut it and miss it, and he missed it. Uh, so it was like a 38-yard pass. So this was like the highlight, but it really wasn't a good throw for Mac Jones. Um, very next play. Uh, Mac is blitzed right away and near the throws interception. Like, he, he had quite a – like, he had a couple throws that probably should have been interceptions this game. Uh, so, again, not a great game. Um, and then 39, just banking on that yak, although there was no yak built in here. Uh, just Aguilar on a curl, didn't pick it up, um, kicked the field goal. Uh, fourth drive, the the Titans fumbled. This is the two-minute drill. Um, guess what? Dumped it off to, to Bolden. He gets like 15 yards of yak. Uh, quick hit, hitter to Kendrick Bourne the next play for like five yards. Got a face mask. Next place, uh, next play went to Jacoby. He was like triple covered, but he just overthrew it all in like a little like corner out. So it was, it was okay. Bad decision, but at least it wasn't an interception. Um, and then third and seven, the worst throw of his day, 25-yard line. Hunter Henry is wide open, absolutely wide open. Again, Jones floated up there. It's his bread and butter. Uh, overthrew him bad, though. Missed an easy touchdown. He had like three or four or five yards of separation. Easy touchdown missed there. Um, and then they actually had, had again the ball back again before half, but that should have really sealed the half because uh, Hilliard had that massive touchdown run. There's only 32 seconds left. Guess what they did? Screen to Bolden, gets like 20 yards, uh, threw it to Aguilar. They don't seem like to be on the same page at all. Uh, threw it high. Um, Aguilar like, actually made a good catch, but um, because Jones didn't put it on him well, they had to use a timeout there. Um, and then a seven-yarder to Kendrick Bourne, like well-timed to put it on him. Then they miss a field goal. Anyways, halftime, it's 16-13, Pats. 
Uh, and then they just kind of put the game away from there. Um, six drive. So, yep. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I, I wasn't sure if you were done. No, it's halftime. Mm-hmm. I got I got all to you. Six drive. They started the 50. They get a return, a good return, and then a face mask. Um, like, they did a fake pitch bootleg. Hit Jonu on the crosser for, like, 20. He's wide open again. Uh, tried to hit Bourne on, like, a flat out of the backfield. <laughs> this, this is my favorite play of the game. He literally just threw it right into the ground. Like, Bourne was, like, he lined up in the backfield with him out of the gun. And he was, like, eight feet away from it, and he just threw it right into the ground. It was jokes. Uh, very next play, then, again, he throws the ball directly to Dylan Cole. Should have been an easy interception. He dropped it. Um, and then third down, he scrambled, ran for it. He slid. He was like four yards short, three yards short. Got up, and like I swear to God, he signed for first down. And he was short. And I don't know. That was the goofiest set of downs of the year for, for Mac Jones. I, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that part. Uh, <laughs> that's more fun to me than the place he's actually making. Because like it's just like, yeah, Josh McDowell is really fucking good at his job. The Bill, Bill Belich is the greatest coach of all time. Uh, they're stealing it. Like You know what I mean? Like That's it. Uh, seventh drive. Uh, first down, dumps it off under pressure to Henry. Then QB sneak for the for the first the next play for the first down. Um, second and eight, he, like he threw it a bit high on a seam, very catchable. I think it was a good throw, honestly. Uh, got dropped. Third and eight, just took a sack. Kevin Byard blitz, didn't even like try to avoid it. I don't think he saw it. Lost of, like eleven. Um, jumped to the next drive, like a slant to Aguilar, um, and then it was the the play of the game for the Pats. Third and six, Bourne was open on a drag. Short of the sticks, a lot of short of the sticks. Dumps it off to him, and he does all the work, like all the Patriots pass catchers do. Um, amazing play by Bourne. Like, he makes the dude miss, and then goes yeah, up the sideline, tiptoeing. <clears throat> Stayed in bounce, somehow touchdown. Uh, then the last the last drive I'll talk about. Third and two, find, found Henry, like, short of the first. That's what they do. Um, got it. Got the first on the uh, – he. I think he got it. Uh, second 11, another sack that he, like, did not try to avoid again. Um, then a seven-yard completion to Jacoby Myers. They gave him the shot at the field goal. Hit it, and that was his last attempt of the game. Um, 54% of his yards came after the catch. So while, it, yeah, it was a 310-yard performance, 10 incompletions only. Like, it was another good Mac Jones game. It wasn't very impressive. And he, he probably should have had at least two interceptions on, on the day, too. And he missed a touchdown, an easy, easy touchdown. Um, but... The rest of the fucking rookie quarterback stink, so he's by far the best. Absolutely, like it's you can't. It's hard. Like I'm not being critical of him because he's they're winning good games and against good teams, and he's looking good. He's doing his job. Um, it's just he's not that exciting. I don't know. Next, back, next, yeah, next next week instead of talking about the rookie quarterbacks, can we just replace this segment with the East West Shrine game uh, invitation acceptance? Sure, sounds, sounds good. Uh, Calvin Turner Jr., the Hawaii wide receiver. Let's go. I love that. That's sick. I'm, I'm scrolling through it right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Enough quarterbacks. They're they're not fun. They're not fun. Offensive Rookie of the Week. Who was fun for you this week, Ralph? Oh, Javon Heil got invited. I saw that. That was <laughs> one of the first ones, I think. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go on. Uh, my uh, Offensive Rookie of the Week is a running back who's drafted on day three and is more productive and more important to his team than all the other running backs drafted before him. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. Trey Sermon was taken in the third round, and we all thought, oh, this is perfect. Shani gets his guy. Uh, And they they, they go and get Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round. It's like, oh, did they really need to take Elijah Mitchell? 
They have a, a decent staple of running backs. They can put anyone in. Yeah, it turns out Elijah Mitchell, um, he is the perfect Shanahan running back. He ran for 133 yards, also added 35 as a receiver against the Vikings. And it wasn't like big, big chunk runs. It was like just consist. He's so consistently in the offensive line played quite well. Uh, Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football. Um, yeah. But it's just like he slashes for 5 to 10 every play, it feels like. And arm tackles aren't going to bring him down. He's not the most powerful guy, but he's got the contact balance. And he understands to press the line. And when that hole opens, hit it hard. And he always sees a cutback. Yeah. Lane. He's got the the peripheral vision to do that. And that's all you need to do to be a productive running back in a Kyle Shanahan offense. And, like, they give him the ball 27 times. They give him 27 times last week, too. Like, he has become the workhorse. Yeah. And he he's approaching 700 yards as a rookie. He he is well on pace for yeah. over 1,000 yards. For sure. He is, he is I don't know, he's way more important to this, I think, the 49ers who have uh, won the last two games and are, like, legit in the playoff race, despite it being feeling like a lackluster season yeah. from them. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that is they've just found this offensive identity between pounding the rock with Elijah Mitchell and getting Debo Samuel touches uh, in any way possible. Um, and it, it's really fun because they've kind of just – Debo Samuel in recent weeks has been as like more of a running back than he has been a, mm-hmm. a receiver, really, and like the 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 way they have Debo almost be that satellite back to Elijah Mitchell, and Elijah Mitchell's not the biggest back in the world, but he's like this rugged runner despite yeah. his just being about two hundred pounds, and I think a lot of that just comes with his tough, hard nosed running style. He's like a more athletic Alfred Morris. Yeah, they found the perfect back for their system. Like, do you think they're just going to, like, do shenanigans again and have another running back and, like, just mix him in and then he becomes – like, every time they find a running back, they eventually become, you know, RB3. If Elijah Mitchell can stay healthy, I think, like, he is – I agree. Be, because he, he's such a – he's not a boomer bust runner. Yeah. He's just kind of this – consistent threat to pick up like now, i said five to ten good every point. touch the rest of like the backs that they found uh they've been like you know like you said boomer bust or like fumbly and you, like that's boomer bust too but you know what i mean you're totally right though he's just consistent slash get five get six and keep the chains moving no totally he turn he t- he like turns every one or two yard play what or what should be a one or two yard run into a five yards and like it's this combination of his Vision to f- find the cutback lane, but he's got this short area quickness and contact balance to complement that. And, like, again, he's not, like, the most explosive street line runner, and he's not the biggest back, but he's got all the right traits to succeed in a Kyle Shanahan yep. zone run scheme. Yep. Um, and, yeah. So, who, who'd you go with? A uh, guy who had the traits to su- succeed in any offense in the NFL. Uh, first round pick, Jalen Waddell. Uh, had him for a positive uh, category last week. I forget what it was. And I was kind of talking about, like, it feels like his explosive game is going to come soon. And uh, this was that. The, but the thing was, though, he had, you know, he had nine catches, 137 yards to touchdown, a couple of the big explosive plays. But this was also, you know, he was the consistent chain-moving guy. He was the go-to guy just 
to was looking for him guy too. And I thought that was impressive. And I think he's the best player on their offense. Um, third and 11 early, hit him on a slant, took it and ran for like another 30 yards. That, that's what he was doing in this game. Catch and run. They weren't throwing deep to him. It was just him catching and making good plays. Um, then like he, like you said, another stick mover in traffic uh, later in the first good grab moved it. Uh, and then the touchdown was on a stick route. Found the space. Tua put it on him. He leaped, brought it in. Uh, some, some traffic around him. Good play. Then he did that awesome waddle celebration, the penguin celebration. And then, then he had the, the 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 big massive game gained 50, 70 yards play action. It was just an in. You know, he he ran a good route, and then the first guy just kind of dove to the ball to break it up, missed him, and then he's just too fast. He he outran everyone. Um, finally got caught, but but still outran all the all the angles there. Um. Had a really nice catch on a third down, maybe his best catch of the of the game, to be honest. Where just leaping on like towards the sideline and uh, tough, tough like contact through the catch. Um, not really like that open, brought down. Um, like just through the game, they kind of brought did a good job like bringing him in motion and like hitting him in the flats a few times. Um, like some quick hitters that were like big for like just getting into manageable situations too. Like you know, from a second and ten, he just quick catch. It's third and two. So like I said, it just he it was the explosive plays, but also the small plays, and just being Mister Consistent. And I think he's the best player on their offense. Um, he even like when he hasn't had the massive outputs, it's still been like six for sixty-five. Yeah. It's yeah. been, and he's been more of this possession type guy, and not necessarily the electric playmaker. Um, and I don't mean this as like a knock. I mean it more as like that's just the role they've needed him to play is be that possession first down guy. I, I almost find then, it more impressive because I knew the explosiveness it, would come. Yeah, well, uh, my my point being like, yeah. and then he has this ultimate game where it's like this is the Jalen Waddle uh, we saw at Alabama, and it's if they can just find some offensive identity, he can do this. Yeah, and two two as, I mean, I, I I'm more of a I don't know if you're a two a truther. I'm a two a truther. And, like, you saw it in this game when, when you have a game plan that fits what Tua does well, which he's a dominant RPO quarterback. Yes, that was, that was RPO. And just get get the ball in Jalen Waddle's hands, and he can make special things happen with Tua at quarterback. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, all of a sudden, the the Dolphins have won, uh, is it four straight? Three or four. Yeah, and the, the fucking yeah. – the, the, both playoff races are wide open at the bottom. There's a lot uh, of yeah, no, it's it's wild. That's that's what happens when you add a seventh seed is you get a lot of teams who aren't worthy of the playoffs. Also, when there's uh, not a lot of good teams in the NFL. <laughs> uh, if only uh, the college football would uh, saturate their market too, or their playoff too. Oh, they will. Don't worry. Uh, defensive rookie of the week. Are we agreeing it's Michael Parsons? You know what? I, I I'm totally fine. Like I I had a lot of really good candidates here. I originally had Michael Parsons, but I'm like I talked too much about Michael Parsons, so I I didn't he, end up putting him. It's well, it's like, are you just not putting it, like it's it's him, but you just wanted to mention someone else? Yeah, that, pretty much. So I, okay. I threw him with primetime star with another guy because I had a lot of really good candidates this week. Uh, excuse me, four thirty on a Thursday is not primetime. Yeah, sorry, I only included plays that he made because that game went into the Sunday or the Thursday nighter, so I only included game plays he made after <laughs> eight o'clock. Uh, he is one of the most dominant pass rushers in the NFL. Like, he was throwing Brandon Parker into Derek <laughs> That Carr. speed of power, like the sack. He just went right through Brandon Parker. Yeah. Like, he, his combo of uh, twitch, violence, motor, 
power. Like, he's got everything. The bend. He is one of the most complete pass rushers in the NFL, and he's yeah. played, like, 10, 11 games. And, and he's, he's not a pass rusher. He's, he's moonlighting as a pass yeah. rusher who is technically an off-ball linebacker for his whole Penn State career. Uh, I still think you, you you should ride, like, just move him to edge full-time because yeah. I think he could be one of the greatest pass rushers in the NFL um, because he's been one of the five best edge defenders. We, we talked about him as a defensive player of the year candidate fucking last week, and then he comes out and has another game. Uh, five tackles, two TFLs, a sack, five quarterback hits. Ten pressures. He was dis- destroying Derek Carr. Yeah. And, and that's not even mentioning him as a run defender. Like, at one point, the the uh, Raiders try to run a, a counter out of shotgun, and, it like, Michael Parsons looked like he was just not in the play. Yeah. Docked under Foster Morrow, had a great, uh, like, run stuff for TFL. He always has and one of those, just, like, either on, like, a quick screen or something or on a run play where that – it seems like he teleported there. And, and one of his uh, – yes – one of his pressures, it was just like Colton Miller, who is was drafted in the first round because he's an elite athlete. Yep. Uh, like, kind of started to overset to the outside, and Micah Parsons just blew inside past him. It, it was it was freaking ridiculous. Yeah. No, he's special, man. Like, I've we seen it every week, but like I couldn't. Like, I knew he was gonna be good, but I could not have imagined how fucking good he'd be, how early and playing both spots, really. Yeah. Uh, who, so who'd you go with? So, yeah, Parsons really my, my one. But I wanted to give it to a guy that, I, I mean, he's had good weeks in the past. But I thought Jeremiah Wusus Kormoa, his – Yeah, so, so okay, I, I like this because I put him for primetime star. So, the, to to me, most weeks, Jock would have been the defensive rookie of the week. But Michael Parsons is that good, so I'm glad you – I felt him. like I've had Parsons, like, the last couple weeks, so I kind of wanted you to pick him. Anyways, yeah, so, uh no – he, I mean, Collinsworth hit it at the end there. I was, I was already typing my notes, and then Collinsworth said, "I'm like, fuck, no insight for me." Um, they basically, I think they, yeah, this was what he was drafted for was to just to take down Lamar Jackson. And yes, they lost the game, but he he did his the defense job. played great. Absolutely, the defense played great, and there was he he was a huge part of it. You're right. Like he he spent much of the night just uh, spying Lamar. Yeah, and I had 12 tackles. I think uh, quite a number of those were on on, on Lamar. Um, Eight defensive stops, I think he got credit for. Half a sack, obviously, on Lamar. TFL, that TFL came on that the Hollywood screen where he looked like he, he teleported out there and just made a great play and dipped under a block and got there. That was great. Um, I, I think that was was a sack the backside tackle on Lamar. I, I can't remember, but that, regardless, that play was – Yeah. That that was a great play where he just chased it down. No, I don't know if it was, but anyways, he chased it down. Uh, was, you know, lined up over the right tackle, essentially. Lamar ran left, chased it down all the way, shed a, shed a block. Um and brought him down. It was just like everywhere that he needed to be, uh, he made the play. And yeah, I totally think this is the game that he was he was drafted for. And I kind of mentioned a few weeks ago that I was underwhelmed him coming off the injury a little bit. But like that in that Patriots short passing game that that I mean like tough running, so I can see him not being used properly there. But like in that short passing game, I just wanted to see him kind of you know like just be the guy to take away the wide receiver screen or the the running back screens that they use so so heavy. And alas, they they didn't, but they found him the perfect situation for this matchup. And they play them again. They go, they got the bye week, and then they play them again. And I'm really excited to see the chess match between Harbaugh and and like and Lamar and the the defense and how they like try to go after and minimize Jock's uh, impact on the game. I think it's gonna be a ton of fun. It kills me to see uh, one. Jock fell all the way to the second yes. round despite being 
clearly a top 20 guy. Yep. Um, two, it kills me because the Steelers drafted a linebacker 10th overall three years ago who yep. shouldn't be on the field. Uh, while in the division, Jeremiah Wusukormo is doing exactly what Devin Bush needs to do for the Steelers and more. Yeah. Patrick Queen, who I, I think is, isn't is even playing at the jock level, is also playing way above Devin Bush's level. Also, Logan Wilson. As if we're just going to name every starting middle linebacker in the AFC North who's better than Devin Bush. Queen's turned it on the um, last couple weeks and like played better. Yeah, but Queen, 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 Queen played really well against the Browns. Last week, I think it was the um, best game uh, of the year. Yeah. For sure. Anyways, yeah. So, so, point being, the Steelers have struggled to draft uh, or, or recently. And Join that the club, brings me buddy. To, that brings me to my worst rookie, uh, Dan Moore. Dan Moore looked unplayable as a left tackle. The whole offense was pretty god-awful. But they've been trumpeting Dan Moore since the preseason mm-hmm. as the left tackle, acting like this is a long-term answer. And sure, he's been decent at times for a fourth round starting left tackle rookie but he's not very good the Bengals abused him the Bengals d-line was all over the Steelers suffocating Ben Roethlisberger there's zero push in the wrong game Kendrick Green didn't have a great game either not neither of them has been very impressive at all this year but Dan Moore is not the future at left tackle and all I can say is I hope the Steelers lose every game as a Steelers fan so we can draft Ickham to play left tackle Icky is very Steelers, so I and look from the last year's draft class. I think they're trying to draft to that Steelers identity. So I hope, I hope for your sake, buddy. I, I hope you get them. Thank you. Um, speaking of Pittsburgh, actually, good, good segue. Um, this is a guy that that is a day three offensive lineman uh, that's already on his second team, and he was not drafted to be touted as a long term solution to anything. But he hails from the great University of Pittsburgh. Jimmy Morrissey got the spot, got the start for the Houston Texans at center, um, and he was a disaster. I don't know what else to say. It was kind of fun because I I didn't even realize that I checked the snap counts. I'm like, oh, Jimmy Morrissey. Let's let's see it. Right, second second snap of the game. He had a pancake on Foley. I'm like, all right, maybe Morrissey's got something to him. And then it was literally all downhill from there. Um, <laughs> I think he got like credited for for two sacks, but it was way worse than that. Um, and even when he wasn't giving up pressure, um, he couldn't anchor. He just couldn't anchor in pass row, which getting blown off the line and into Tyrod's lap. He like he fucked up so many plays that aren't going to show up in the, the stat sheet too. Um, John Franklin Myers had maybe the best game of his career, and he gave the the, the whole line hell up and down. Uh, some of that was on 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 Morrissey. Um, there was a screen uh, on the first drive that he just completely messed up. I, you know what? The bit my big maybe not my big takeaway, but one of my big takeaways is. No physicality from him, okay? Like, this one, just a real half-hearted chip as the defender kind of ran right by him, blew up the play, and it resulted in, a, in an interception. And, like, a tip by, behind the line uh, interception. So, like, just no physicality from Morrissey. He's constantly patty-caking. Um, like, he's just trying to get in the way of guys. Uh, he, he just didn't see blitzes. Like, had a stake. Like, you know, head on a swivel? No, no, it was a head on a stake here. Like, just was not looking around. Um then there was like just just two. I don't want to shit on him too much, but there was back-to-back plays later in the game. Gave up like an immediate TFL to to Sheldon Rankins, and then on third he just like got easily bowled over by by Quentin Williams, like like comically easy. And he he obviously went and got and finished on Tyrod Taylor. Uh, oof, one of the worst rookie performances of the year. Um, I felt really bad for for Jimmy M. Um, yeah, uh, all Morrissey's suck. 
I'll just leave Whoa. It. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, underwhelming performances. Uh, I'll give you three first-round picks, three uh, top-ten picks. Uh, Panay Sewell against the Bears. That was my pick. He, he, yeah, he didn't look very good, eh? I thought he had his moments in pass real, but also bad moments. But, like, you, you mentioned on the podcast he, yesterday, and I mentioned it last week, the way he looks as a run blocker and specifically in space, it's like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, I thought he did it pretty well at Oregon, and he just looks like he, a complete he, he was, sloppy he mess. He was with- yeah, I was going to say, at Oregon, he was so explosive out of his stance, yeah. getting to the second level. And and there will be times where, and you'll see it on Twitter too, where he'll, he'll have a big, powerful, great block, and like that will blow up on Twitter. But if you watch it as a whole, it's he's like a tick slow. And like, I'm yeah, I mentioned yesterday on the pod, like him trying to get it in space and block on a screen, yeah. and he just like dove into the ground. He looks sloppy. Like, he doesn't look like, and obviously he's playing against more elite athletes now, but... I don't know. He he just has a tick slow and it's killing him. Do you like do you think this is some sort of like well, obviously he's bounced back and forth between left and right tackle and I don't know, I'm worried it might be just the Lions stink so much effect, you know, like like we saw with Andrew Thomas last year that the Giants were just so bad, he was so shit. He's bounced back a bit this year. Um I really hope it's not that, but like I mean I kind of hope it is, but yeah, I don't know what the deal uh, is. I man. think ultimately he'll be fine cuz he's had good games. Yeah. It's just I think it rookie bumps and shit. Um, Devonta Smith didn't play very well against the Giants. The Eagles passing attack struggled. The offensive line struggled in pass protection. But Devonta Smith just 22 yards, had a, a drop that would have been a first down. Um, the uh, the Giants DBs were just really physical with him, and it worked. Uh, and then Kyle Pitts. Kyle yep. Pitts was just – him and Matt Ryan don't seem to be on the same page. He had a drop. He had just 26 yards. He uh, – I don't know. I Part of it is Cordero Patterson being back. He's the vocal point of that offense now, the focal point. Uh, and uh, and it's working, so it's hard to kill that. Yeah. But you'd like to see them do a little more with Pitts and get be more creative with them like they were three weeks ago. But yeah. yeah. Speaking of teams that are – I feel like they've been terrible, but they're 5-6 and six and they're in the playoff hunt. The Atlanta Falcons. That's really weird. Um Okay, we na- we named a couple guys for primetime star. I just want to throw out that Odafe Owe had a great game too. Like, yeah, I I put him I put him for just Ricky Flash because didn't have somewhere to put him. But yeah, he abused that that yeah. the, the Browns backup right tackle. Yeah, well, I mean, he sent Conklin to the IR first of all. He was wrecking those early. Then yeah, uh, Hans he didn't have a shot on him. Then not only that, he had he had the strip sack on on, uh, on Jarvis Landry, <laughs> like yeah. six pressures in the game. Had that sack, a couple tackles. I thought he was he was really great. There was a lot of really good defensive rookies this week. Um, for, uh, looks like a hit, I just ended up putting the Broncos draft class versus the Chargers, and not a hit for me, just a hit for the Broncos. I, I put Patrick Sertain, so. Okay, cool. Um, because all of the, the rookies who played significant snaps look good doing it, so obviously Sertain's like the, the. Cream of the crop. The, yeah, so two picks, he had the pick six, the other pick came in the end zone. Um, he was just unbelievable. It has been all year, but also on the defense, Baron Browning had a really nice bounce back game. He was all over the field. He also had a sack that got called back for, uh, defensive holding, but, um, he looked electric and brought a lot of energy to the linebacking core. I thought Jonathan Cooper gave us Sean Slater some issues at times Mm -hmm. and just for a seventh round pass rusher. He's good. Yeah. Uh, Caden Stearns also made a play. He had a, a nice pass breakup. And then offensively, Javante Williams had a yeah. 
although he's still not like the workhorse, he he did a lot after the catch in the passing game. He also had a nice little touchdown run, had a couple solid runs, end up with total. Yeah, over 100 total yards. Uh, Quinn Miners, also he just kills dudes when he pulls. Um, he's there's still some stuff that needs to be cleaned up in pass protection, but he gets a big push on that offensive line. It's just like. All these guys, uh, all of a sudden, the Broncos have a winning record, and they're not the most exciting team, but th- they have a recipe for fighting for that seventh seed, and uh, all these guys are contributing to it. Yeah, like, just to do a little more understand that first interception was just too easy. Like in the end zone, I don't know what Herbert was fucking doing; just scrambling through it right to him. The def- the wide receivers on the ground behind him, and then yeah, the pick six came off Eckler's hands where. That was another pretty bad throw by by Herbert. It was behind him like way too hot, but Herbert played bad. Yeah. But yeah, just the ball skills to like, like Sertan like looked like he was just like catching a punt. But that ball was like that wasn't an easy grab. I mean, he got there easy, but to react to that tip to catch it and then just house it was so impressive. He only gave up three catches on eight targets for twenty five yards, and it's just what he's been doing all year, just locking guys down. Um, looks like a miss. I put Kenny and Wangwu. <laughs> Too too low on him. It's the best kick. Yeah, he's the best <laughs> kick returner in the country. He's the, he's elite. He had a kick return touch against the 49ers. and but before that, like every kick return was electric. Uh, the 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 Vikings don't want to draft kick returners. And now that Dalvin Cook is hurt, I'm hoping we get to see an uptick in yes. him as like a space playmaker as a complementary to Alexander the Bull Madison. Um, but Nwangu now has two kick return touchdowns and just eight kick return attempts this year. He's averaging 41 yards per kick return. That's pretty unreal. Pretty unreal. Though. Now, it, like, I, and when they took him in the fourth round, I, I thought it was a bad pick. Like, I know he's an elite athlete, but, like, he was a complimentary player at Iowa State. Well, maybe I'm an idiot. They didn't need let's running see what back he can, either, yeah. Let's see, let's see what he can do as a, as a, uh, as a, like, a, role player on this offense though. i really hope they get inv- him involved on offense me too me too who'd you put for looks like yeah he was getting involved big time for the miami Dol- miami dolphins had a had a great game first of all and all the rookies stepped up and i put jalen phillips uh i had him 29th so like not like a huge miss for me but a second round grade he went 18th he was your edge number one uh had a great game three sacks um first sack wilkins like like the reason he wasn't my defensive rookie of the week was because they kind of all came in fairly much garbage time, and it wasn't like he was just fucking decimating news. But big credits. Like, Wilkins got the predator, uh, the pressure, like, immediately. Then Phillips beat his guy at a tackle, and uh, like Cam was kind of drifting. Nearly a safety, very close, just barely got it out. Um, brought him down, like, at the one. Um, second sack, he got the chip from the tight end and just kind of stuck with the tackle. Then Cam started scrambling. And uh, he just shed him easy and closed him down fast for the sack, on, uh, like outside the pocket. Uh, third sack, the best one for sure. He put the left tackle uh, on his on his ass. Then the guard picked him up, and PJ Walker stepped up. This was PJ time. Stepped up in the pocket, yeah, baby. and he <laughs> and he just you know just a nice clean up sack, which you know in itself wouldn't be impressive, but he fucking decimated the tackle, so that was pretty awesome. Also had a, a batted ball, so in a pretty complete game from Phillips. Uh, which is really nice to see. Really nice to see. The the Dolphins are feeling it, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, he was looking like he was feeling it, and uh, that was fun. I, I don't know. I didn't think the Dolphins would be this stinky, so I'm glad that they're they're not anymore. Um, he So he's had some pretty big games this year. Mm-hmm. He's had like three or four really big games, but the last two weeks he's really taken it up a notch. Mm-hmm. And, and he had some stinkers in there too. Um, but, I mean, six and a half sacks now. Yeah, like he's you can't complain. No, 
the the rookie pass rushing group's been really impressive. Oh yeah, for sure. No, definitely. And I feel like you can in like in a lot of years you could have pick your like he's such an easy rookie the defensive rookie of the week most weeks, you know? Yeah. 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 Um you know what else is easy? Making money in my book. Amen, brother. Uh it's not every day you can double your money. But with MyBookie, you can double your money instantly, thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit, so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The the Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffaloes look like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your first deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. We have a new sponsor, kind of, that you guys are going to love. New to me. Symbol is the yeah. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol. And start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. And if you want to profit from your favorite teams, but via your ears, download Spotify Green Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and to use, where you can talk to sports media members, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group. Follow your favorite hosts to be notified when they go live. Uh, and come with your spiciest takes. Uh, okay. Who needs to step it up? Yeah, I just mentioned Jalen Phillips. You know, he was, well, he wasn't getting matched up directly, but... Mentioned left guard for the Carolina Panthers quite a few times in that little spiel before the break. Um, who's that left guard, Rob? Brady Christensen. Got the start at left guard now. Got his ass kicked pretty damn thoroughly, Rob. Um, which is. That checks out. Yeah, but really not a good look for a 25 year old tackle prospect who's kicking inside and like still struggling to block anyone in pass. I thought he was specifically bad in pass, bro. Uh, they, he, he needs to figure shit out fast. And I'll give you one more. To a lesser extent, sticking at the same position, I thought I think Royce Newman. Like this week, it was a lot of Aaron Donald, but I feel like Newman's been slipping in play for a few weeks now, and just something to keep an eye on for the pack. Yes, they're they're kicking ass. They they beat the Rams, but just something to keep an eye on. I think he's he's been getting he's been like the a bit of the liability on the offensive line. Um, I'll go with an offensive lineman. All right. And and only in one section of their game. Okay. Yeah, of the like, okay, Landon Dickerson is a really great run yes. blocker, and he has been. Yep. Pass protection. Leonard Williams was bullying him. Leonard Williams was pushing him around. And for this Eagles offense to work, um, they rely on the run game, 
But when they, one, they should have tried to run the ball more. Uh, I didn't love their game plan against the Giants because it was a close game and they just, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're, they clearly couldn't throw it. And the, the Giants DBs were abusing the receivers. I mentioned Devonta Smith earlier. And the pass rush was getting after um, Jalen Hurts. But they they need Mayata and Lynn and Dickerson to be more consistent in pass protection uh, against bigger pass rush teams like this. Because those two have been great in run blocking together on the left side, but... Yeah, Dick Dickerson's anchor was a big question mark in this one. I also put Najee Harris just because it's just like it kills me. Every week, this guy just can't produce on his own. The offensive line's so bad. His snap count continues to go down just 58% this week and, and just 11 touches. They fell down early to the Bengals, but still. Like, I see Javante Williams rip off big yak plays, and I'm just yeah. crying. I see Elijah Mitchell go for 100 every week, and I'm crying. Uh, and D. Eskridge. And now this is not necessarily a D. Eskridge needs to step it up. Seattle needs to step up trying to get him involved. You know, it's funny. He was my start the ruck for the exact same reason. He was originally my start the ruck. Then I had a, a Steelers-related one because I'm really angry about something. Um, and, and, and so I was like, I'll put D. Eskridge here because I want to mention this. They got to figure out the way to get him the fucking ball. No, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah, like scheme him touches we know he's a dynamic playmaker in space scheme him touches like he didn't look great on monday night or anything and like jamon uh Javon davis had that like nice play on him on the like he came across and they just a quick dump and the offense was an absolute disaster but like week one before he got the the concussion and i think it was even the concussion play like they, they were jet motioning him a lot like i don't know what happened to that week one offense he looked good it looked good get the ball in his hands that's that's i totally agree with you I'm um, not ready to play, and this is, all, again, kind of like Leonard Dickerson struggling pass pro. Talanoa Hufanga just, it's hard to justify starting him at safety when, like, he is a ball magnet. When he's around the line of scrimmage, he looks great, but the Vikings got after him in the passing game. He got turned around. Adam Thielen beat him uh, pretty bad once. Justin Jefferson, too. Um, not ready to play in the role that he is being asked to play at. Yeah. For fifth round rookie safety. That's fair, you know, like, like I, I totally like the idea of having him on the field and having a role for him, but it's just you have to be smart about where you're deploying him for his skill set. Yeah, no, I, I agree because like, I mean, look at him at USC; it's the same thing. Like, he's gonna make a lot of plays on the football, but he can only be within ten yards of the line of scrimmage or less. Like, like that's 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 where he's living, right? Um, my not ready to play. This was a surprise start. Like, he shouldn't be starting. Uh, Tommy Kramer got thrown in at right guard for the Detroit Lions, and I thought it was a pretty big disaster. Uh, played the played the whole game. Um, <laughs> he was another guy just getting his ass beat constantly. Uh, had multiple holding penalties. I think I think two might have been back to back. Thankfully for him, maybe in the Detroit Lions, it's not going to last long. Hal Vitae is supposed to be coming back, but uh, yeah, he got thrown in on on Thanksgiving, and he he was stuffed pretty good. Um, best day three rookie. I just, I didn't have like a definite dude. So Evan McPherson's just been one of the best kickers in the NFL. <laughs> well, you had a definite dude, but it was it was Eli Mitchell that you mentioned already. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, and John Bates. John Bates played a lot of snaps. John Bates is a good good tight end too. It's <laughs> a really good tight. Yeah, and he's a really good blocker. And actually, I'm, I was gonna go with John Bates's. This was out of nowhere, but I stuck him for best day three because he's like the latest draft pick. That I didn't have a, I didn't have a lot of options either, to be honest. There was a lot of first round guys stepping up. Um, so the guy who surprised me the most and is a, was a seventh round pick, Shaka Tony, making a couple plays against the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football, had that that good tackle from behind that was nearly a sack. 
on Russell Wilson that like I think it was a third down. He tried to scramble and he came and just enveloped him. And then also had an actual sack on Russell Wilson, which completely out of nowhere I forgot. <laughs> I forgot he was in in the league. I'm like, hey, your your Penn State teammates are fucking. Sh-. How many sacks by Penn State defensive linemen this week? That's I just thought of that. Blowing shit up. Good question. Uh, also, Darren Hall, the Falcons took him in, uh, I think, the fourth round. He looked pretty solid against the Jaguars. Broke up a pass and had a big TFL on screen. Nice. Yeah, he's been playing, I, which I don't... He's been playing quite a lot. I don't think... Yeah, I don't think either of us thought it was a good pick when it happened. No. It was like, felt like one of those classic Falcons mid-round overdrafts that don't work out. Uh, my best UDFA rookie is Jerry Jacobs. Mine too, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, rookies who flash, I'll go quick. You mentioned away already. I mentioned Tyson Campbell at a pick. He had a really good game, actually. Uh, the Falcons didn't. The Falcons won, but they didn't have much going for them instead of just getting Cordarrelle Patterson touches. Tyson Campbell looked great mm-hmm. covering uh, Russell Gage. His best game of the year. Um, yeah, he, he broke up two other passes with the pick, and the pick was he was down low on a, on a receiver, and, and Pitts kind of ran a post behind him, and he just read that that was happening and, and came off his receiver and went up and caught the ball. Uh, I thought Greg Newsom looked really good against the Ravens. Um, and Pat Friermuth was the, the only positive thing from that Steelers offense. I got a couple. I'll, I'll do these quick too. Uh, Javon Holland had a great interception where he undercut uh, DJ Moore on a comeback. Just read it uh, perfectly. Also, like, was nifty returning punts too. I think he only got targeted that one time. His name wasn't too, uh, too, too much. You didn't hear it too much, which was good for him. Uh, every every week he's making good plays. Uh, uh, Eric Stokes gave up like nothing against the Rams. I thought like he's obviously been high and also really low, but this was a big high. I thought it was an impressive game from him. Just kind of good, solid shutdown dude. Uh, I thought Quiddy Pay had a, he had another sack. He just keeps kind of putting good solid games together, and making plays. I think he's got like a TFL or a sack or both in like quite a few games in a row. Um, a couple more quick. I just want to shout out the the, the Detroit Lions defensive lineman because. We've been on them, and they've been nothing. So, like, on Wazuri getting his first sack, good work. But also, like, Ali McNeil, pretty solid. Like, only played 25 snaps. Uh, but the, he did a good job doing what he was asked to do. Exactly. Three tackles, looked really good in the run, and that's what you need him for. So Yeah, the Bears could, Bears could not run the ball. Nope, had a really solid game. So, on Wazuri getting a sack and Ali McNeil looking good in the run, I think that's what the Lions need to see more from both of them. Sucks that, it sucks that Derek Barnes got hurt in that game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's been he's been pretty up and down too, pretty more down than up. But but ma- makes it more fun for us when a team plays a lot. If you're gonna yeah. be a bad team, play a ton of rookies. Unlike the Houston Texans, but I'll give you one Houston Texan. <laughs> Roy Lopez? <laughs> no, Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan had his touchdown. Oh yeah, he scored three catches, twenty three yards. He's the tight end one now, which I love to see. Uh, the tight end was just like a quick hitter, avoided a tackle, dove into the end zone. Hey, the the uh, the amount of production. The, the Texans have gotten out of a Brevin Jordan, who's a fifth-round pick, and Roy Lopez, who's a sixth-round pick. That's a starter on each side of the ball. And Jimmy Morrissey, who was a seventh-round pick, and they didn't even draft him. Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't know where Rook. Yeah. Aaron Robinson. Who? Aaron Robinson. Oh, nice. Okay. Sick. Okay. Six, 67% of the snaps against the Eagles um, was playing – Outside and playing a little bit of nickel, he was just bullying dudes at the line of scrimmage. Uh, J- Jalen Rager twice had what looked like they were going to be catches where contact were well. It was a combination of Rager's bad hands and Robinson being physical uh, at the catch point. I love that. Um, 
two breakups. Uh, they blitzed him from the nickel at one point. He had a big hit on uh, Jalen Hurts. He just, I don't know, the, the, the Giants secondary is kind of fun. It is, like, yeah. James, James Bradbury's been good. Xavier McKinney's coming into his own. Um, then you throw in Aaron Robinson, Logan Ryan, um, uh, Jabril Peppers. Like, they have a interesting secondary, and they, it was just fun to see Aaron Robinson play a lot. No, I totally agree, and uh, that's that's really cool to see Robinson. Um, they've always, like, and for a team that's had, like, a wishy-washy secondary for a lot of years, it's fun to have to have that kind of group out there. No, I totally agree. Um, <laughs> my biggest out-of-nowhere rook, uh, speaking of tight ends, my guy, Kenny Yaboa, blocked a punt, baby. That's it. I want to give him the shout-out for the big block punt. Good work, Kenny. That's sick. That's sick. <laughs> um, my start the rook. Yours is D. Eskridge, yep. right? Mine's Buddy Johnson. The Steelers drafted him on day three out of Texas A&M. A guy I thought could be a star special teams linebacker for his aggressiveness and his athleticism. Um He's only played 13 snaps on special teams this year. They all came in week one. Hmm. He, he's, like, had zero, like, I, I think he's inactive most games. I just want to fucking start him because I know if you throw Buddy Johnson on the field, he'll at least play angry, get downhill. He might get be in the wrong spot, but Devin Bush is doing absolutely nothing right now. Devin Bush has been a liability. Yeah. He he could not get off blocks against the Bengals. He was lackadaisical against the Bengals. I'd like them to start Buddy Johnson against the Baltimore Ravens. Feels like every highlight like against the Steelers defense in recent weeks, you just like see like Devin Bush like slowly like jogging after him after like they they're yeah. celebrating. <laughs> I love Devin Bush. Second home, he's gonna be a pro. You're here first. Agreed. Well, it's basketball season for me. The Buckeyes took down Duke. Up next, national champion.